0: Welcome to the Rise Above Religion podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Newton, and I want to thank to those of you who have uh, listened to the trailer about what this podcast is about. Um, I want to go ahead and first make it known that the bottom line is, is that as someone who the Lord has given the authority and the ability to speak his gospel. I'm here to teach the gospel, teach the truth that it may M- compel those who don't know Christ and even those who do know Christ to seek Christ for themselves, to have a personal relationship with him. And so this is not a podcast where it will be a bunch of emotionalism. It's not a podcast where it's going to be typical church. Rise Above Religion is basically here to bring forth the truth that is etched out in the, in the word of God, in the scriptures and bring them to life that all can live them. All can be blessed by them and be a blessing to others because this book here, the Bible, the Holy Bible is the word of God and it is the truth that we are to live by as those who are believers. And so as someone who has been called and chosen to speak this gospel, um, as Ephesians 4 tells us, he's given some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers, and that's Ephesians 4, chapter 11, my responsibility in that is to see to it that I equip the saints for the work of the ministry and edify the body and to make sure that no one, no one can tell you who your God is. No one can tell you who Jesus is because you will know by the study of the scripture for yourself. So I just want to make that clear. That is what this podcast is about, and I'm just thankful and I'm grateful to my Lord and grateful to God for giving me the opportunity to share with you And this is like I said it's not going to be typical church this is the church is the body we are the church we are the people but it is time for the church to have a true personal relationship each of us as individuals to have a true personal relationship with Christ and then as a corporate body we can all recognize one another as his own and know how to deal with one another properly according to what he has uh put in his in his in his word and in in the scriptures and so without further ado i want to start out with uh something that the lord gave me that was impressed upon my heart to minister on Uh, i didn't know what i was going to bring forth but the first thing we want to deal with is truth you know and uh I've got the, the, the Lord has, as impressed upon me exactly what he wants taught, which is the kingdom, the kingdom, their kingdom message and, and, and his principles. And so he's given me a number of things to deal with, you know, and it's all biblical. It's all based on the Bible. There's nothing I've conjured up or created on my own. So, I um, just want to make that clear as well. So, uh, welcome to you all for tuning in and, um, Let's let the Lord teach us all something, because trust me, as someone who is being used to teach, I'm learning just as, as you are, and uh, I'm just blessed, and I want to thank you all for tuning in, and I pray that this blesses you richly. So let's let the Lord have his way, and uh, I'll just pray us in. And Father, in the name of Jesus, once again, thank you for your word. Lord, your word says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So Father... All those who are tuning in and listening, bless them, Father, with your word. Speak through the lips of clay here. Let this word be spoken accurately and precisely, unhindered, unchecked by any outside entity. We're not worried about Satan. Satan is defeated. We have authority over him. And I thank you, Father, God, that this word, Lord, will touch the hearts and lives of many. And it will compel them to come closer to you, Lord. Because as you say, as we draw nigh unto you, you draw nigh unto us. So I thank you and I praise you, Father God, for this now in Jesus' mighty name, Amen. So today I want to talk about the source of our truth, and this is a part. This is part one of of a three series, um, of a three parts. Um, the, The Holy Spirit broke it down so that we can really get to the root of what is truth. How do we know what truth is? Where where is where does truth come from? You know when we when we grow up in this life, we have so many sources of truth. We have man, which is you know could be mom, dad, you know, or beloved, you know, parent or or friend or mentor, teacher, um, you know. But we also have the government. You know, people see the government as a source of truth, truth of how to live in our society. You know, and I mean as our, as the Bible says, we'll obey the laws of the land. But still. The people in government, they're people. And all of them have different ideas of what truth really is. So what we want to get to is the central truth, the central truth. And why is it I call it a central truth? Well, because it was something that founded this entire universe. It was something that was spoken and it created. And that's why it is the central truth. But there is a source for that central truth. So we can continue to go on down the list of of entities and ideas of who and and who the source of truth is. Buddha, to some, he is a source of truth. Confucius, another source. Mohammed, another source. The difference between them and the source that I'm speaking about is these sources are mortal and they all go to a grave and they never rise again. But Jesus Christ is the source of our truth because Jesus Christ who did and walked in a mortal body historically came to this earth historically and he did get put in a tomb by his own people but on that third day he rose up and when he rose up he ascended he never died again and so same as God the Father created everything here was something that was eternally created that took on the form of a mortal body and never saw death twice. And so to me that's a source of truth I want to believe in. Something that will that, that will nest eternal. Eternal. And so as believers what is the source of our truth? The better question is who is our source of truth here's another one for you is it the pulpit now we know that many many in the pulpit speak the word of god but are they giving the truth 100 are they giving every bit of accuracy to the bible and to how you as a believer are to live it for victorious living for blessed living for how to overcome the challenges and circumstances of life. But more importantly, how to even find out what your purpose is on this earth. Every man has a purpose. Every man is given something there to do in this, in this life. But how do we get to it? How do you find out? You know, of course, yes, salvation is a start. Receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is another. Because the Bible is a spiritual book. You can't just walk in and and try to read this book and think that it's just going to manifest itself in your mind and you're going to understand it. No, a spirit wrote this book and created this book. So we're going to get to the source of our truth. And so that's why it is aptly said the source of our truth. So first of all, let's continue on defining and really understanding what we're looking for. So I can tell you that the triune God of Jehovah, Yahweh, the Father, Jesus, also known as Yeshua, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are the source of our truth. They are one, three manifestations, three representations, one God, three manifestations. God, the father who's in heaven, God, the son, Jesus, our Lord and savior, God, the Holy Spirit, the spirit in man. Now, the promise that Jesus left us and gave us when he went back to the father. Now, as we continue on, I can tell you that the God who created all did not confirm none of these others that I mentioned earlier. He only confirmed Jesus Christ. And he confirmed it right after Jesus got baptized in the river Jordan. In the river Jordan, when Jesus came up, God the Father said, this is my beloved son who I am well pleased. So God the Father, the creator of the heavens and the creator and the foundation of this world, the creator of everything that we know and see, confirmed Jesus as his son. Why is that important? It's important because it eliminates all these other ideas of who is our source of truth. We listen to the news, the prognosticators of doom every single day. And we live in fear because of the idea of truth that they bring forth. And so you wonder sometimes who is whose whose side is the news on? But because the news is all about what most men or most men and women want today. Most 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 people today want drama. They want death, destruction. They don't want life. They don't want good. They don't want great. They say they do, but this is why we clamor after all these different kinds of things. So, <clears throat> Jesus Christ is where we begin with truth. Okay. Those of us that believe, though, that are his believers, we listen to these other sources and we listen to them about who he is. That's why we have no more prayer in schools. The separation of church and state I mean, come on, folks. Why do you want to take something and allow the world to take something good that will do good and get rid of it? Why do you want people who don't even know who your God is to tell you who your God is? Why do you want just to only rely on people who say that they are called to preach or that stand before a people to be the only source of your truth? Just as I am, I'm a messenger. The book is not mine. This is not mine. This This belongs to God. God wrote this, and I'm going to show you in a minute in the scripture, where this all began. So we're going to get to the bottom of this so that way we're no longer fooled by about who we are in Christ, how we're to live, who Christ is to us. It doesn't have to be no more of a dog and pony show about our Christianity. No longer do we have to be ashamed to call ourselves Christians because the world looks down on us because of the show that they see instead of the power they should see. Now, I want to ask a few more things. I want to really, well, not really ask, but let's look at this. You know, why is it difficult for us to believe that He is the complete source of our truth? Why? Why is that so hard? Why do we struggle with that? Because we can't see Him? Because we weren't there when He was crucified? But we believe. So if we believe, then there has to be. Something in us, an innate ability in us to understand and to know that historically this event happened. This man really came and he was the savior of the world. What about because it takes faith to believe in him? Or is it simply because we are confused about him and his truth due to many who we trust to steer us in the right direction? but may fall short of accurately teaching his truth, i.e., again, the pulpit. Now, I don't want this to sound like a referendum against the pulpit. It is not. But unfortunately, today, you know, and Jesus spoke that there would be false prophets. He spoke it. He spoke there would be false teachers. You know, that's why First John chapter 4 tells us, First um, John chapter 4 and 1, if I'm correct, says, uh, uh, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are of God for false prophets have gone out into the world. So you have people who really believe and, and, and they use the Bible, use God to gratify themselves, to exalt themselves before man. And because man does not choose to inform itself, to know itself but to have things done for them. I mean, let's look at society today. We are so into technology that how many people really think anymore, really use their minds? How many people, if, if all were to go dark tomorrow, would you pick up a book and read it? Would you find a new hobby, arts and crafts or uh, knitting? I don't know. What, what would you do? How would you live? How would you live? If there was an apocalypse and you're now living post-apocalypse, what would you do? Who would you turn to? Well, I tell you, Jesus better be the one you turn to because if you turn anywhere else, you will be led down the wrong path for sure. And unfortunately, this is what's going on in the body. This is what's going on with the believers. They're being led down, and it's not just because that man before them is just making a choice to lead them. It's because the people don't want to seek him for themselves and know them for themselves and even challenge the validity of what that man could be saying based on what's in the book. Let's take a journey into the revelation that we can go to him ourselves And get his truth unhindered, unchecked, and unfiltered. What am I saying here? I'm telling you that when you receive Jesus, when you receive or received him as Lord and Savior, you have all access and all access backstage pass into his presence. He is with you 24-7, 366. And the reason why that's important is because the man who you go see every Sunday or every Wednesday isn't with you every single minute of every single second of every single hour, every single day. But God is, and so is his word if it isn't on a coffee table full of dust. So I'm telling you, because this is what saved me, this is what helped me strengthen my relationship with the Lord. I got tired of hearing and tired of being confused by hearing one message here, one message there. I got tired of just Letting someone give me pieces of the scripture and sermonizing the scripture to where when I go try to apply something or use my faith, exercise my faith, I'm not going after what God wants me to go after. I'm going after what this man says God tells me I'm, I'm going after really for myself. Well, I don't want that. I want what God has. You should want what God has because it's better than anything you could have ever hoped or imagined for yourself. Even if you are experiencing a level of success in your life, and bless the Lord if you are, it is because of him. And trust me, nothing you can do in this life will ever trump what he could do for you in this life and will do for you in the life to come. Especially when he comes back and reigns here on the earth. But before we do this, there has to be a disclaimer. I have to really challenge you as a believer to do something. I first make known to you that this is where you, the believer, must let go of everything that has got that has not gotten you over the wall in your walk. And that you must take ownership of your relationship to seek him out for yourself. I hear you, I hear the question. How do I seek him though? as you say as you say, sir, I go to church and in the end, when I leave, you know i've I've, I've you know heard some emotionalism, I've heard some bucking and shouting, hooping and hollering. I've heard this man screaming it, screaming to the top of his lungs, preaching the gospel with so much zeal and fire, but I'm still incomplete. I still have no idea what I'm looking for. I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea where I'm going. I didn't get taught nothing. I didn't I didn't learn a thing. I just learned that, you know, here's this book. I have I'm saved and I'm supposed to be blessed. But I have no idea how to bring forth any of this. I have no idea what I'm to do any more than the man on the moon. Well, Here's things to think of when it comes to seeking him. Of course we have prayer, but you should be taught what prayer is. And at some point you will be. As long as you if you continue to listen to this podcast, you'll be taught about prayer and what effective prayer is. It's not what is it's not what it's made to sound like. Okay? Going to church is definitely a way to strengthen your relationship and to seek him out. Because there are ministers, there are people in the pulpit who do desire to teach the people the right stuff and teach them the truth. The Holy Spirit will lead you to them. You just got to listen to them. You got to hear him and let him lead you. And you can just ask him, send me to a place where I'm going to learn about you, where I'm going to learn to seek you and learn to grow in you. But the most important is the word of God. God's word, the Bible, the Holy Bible is one of the most, and is the most central way to learn who God is. Okay? But it causes, it's going to cause you to spend time in it. It's going to cause you to study it. See, this book is not a book of just fables and fairy tales, a book of just uh, accounts of miracles and, and the miraculous. It is a book of truth. It is a spiritual book. It is a book where When you truly get into it, you will see how the Spirit, God himself, made everything that happened on this earth be manifested and it had a flow to it. And it was all methodical. It was all, it all led to the number one thing that he wants to be our God and wants us to be his people. He doesn't want us to look to the left, to the right. He's a jealous God. And if you say you are his, if you say you are Christ, then there should be no looking to left or the right for anything from anyone else to validate you and validate your life and validate where it is he wants you to go. He is number one above all. And that is where we have to understand the source of our truth. As I've discovered... God is not who I've heard him to be. I've heard, you know, I've had ministers say, you know, he is the God of the Old Testament. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. But let me tell you something. He is a loving God. He is a good God. You'll say but he did so much damage in the Old Testament because God's number one enemy Everybody thinks it's the devil. That is his nemesis, but his number one enemy. The one thing God hates above anything and the one thing he despises even more are people who follow that line. He hates sin. God hates sin. That was the number one thing God hated. And it's still the number one thing he hates today. But he loves us. He loves us. Those who sin, he loves them too. He don't love what they do, but he loves them and and wants them to turn from, he loved them so much, he sent Jesus to help them turn from their sin and wicked ways. So I'm telling you, God is indeed more and better than what I've heard, and we're going to learn together who he is, we're going to learn how we're to live in him, and we're going to see his best. So, let's get into it because uh, time is moving on us. So, I want to start in the beginning, but before we go there, I want to go to first, if you have your Bibles, it uh, doesn't matter what translation you have, I'm reading out of the uh, NIV New International Version, and I'm going to start us in 2 Timothy chapter 3. I pray this is blessing you and pray this is enriching you, causing you to really Think about this, and when this is over, seek him for yourself. Okay? So let's start 2 Timothy chapter 3. Okay? And we're going to start in verse number 16. Verse number 16. And the word of the Lord says, All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Verse 17 so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, God is the source of our truth. Through his son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in us, and we have his word, the word of God, is how we get to know who he really is even more. It is 66 books of information and revelation and truth that show you Who he is, how you're to live, and where we're going, and what we're to do. So I submit to you that if you don't understand what the source of your truth is, you will now. So as you see, all scripture is God-breathed. That means everything in this book, he spoke it. He may have inspired man to write it but it came from him. He is the source of it. Okay? Now, I want to go back to the Old Testament and let's understand something. And before we do that, I have another scripture I want to read because before I do that, let me let me read this other scripture first. I'm glad. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We're going to go to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. So we're still in the New Testament. Romans chapter 15. If you're new to reading your, your Bible and need help, Romans is the book after Acts, book before 1 Corinthians. And so we're going to look at Romans 15, Romans the 15th chapter, and the fourth verse. And this is Paul the Apostle teaching the Gentile church at Rome. And what he was sharing with them was revelation. This is good revelation here. He says... For everything that was written in the past, what past are we talking about? Well, the Old Testament all the way to that that, that exact time. Everything from the beginning all the way till now was written to teach us so that through endurance, one translation says patience and comfort, through endurance, That through endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement, that's the comfort, they provide, we might have hope. Let me read it one more time. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures. See, the scriptures teach endurance. The scriptures teach patience, something a lot of us don't have. I'll be the first to admit it. Patience. Patience. Lord Jesus, I thank God for the Holy Spirit helping me get patience and have patience because we worry about this life fading so fast because we're so caught up in time. God's not in time. Time is in God. Let's understand that. Bible says a day is a, th- is a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. So if we go off of that, the earth has been here for two days. <laughs> Just, I want you to think on that for a little while. Just mull that over. See, that's to tell you how time is not a factor to God. It's a factor to us. We govern our life based on time. And so we want stuff to happen now, 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 now. And when it doesn't, we quit. We find new ways. We find other ways. We turn. We go here. We go there. And then in the end, we find out that all the squirming that we did led us to to the land of nowhere. It didn't get us far. It put us right back in God's presence to get patience or endurance. And the only way you're getting that endurance is in the scriptures, which tells you and tells me that that is where I'm supposed to learn about God and about his truth. So again, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Oh, that's beautiful. Boy, that's awesome. So I'm giving you now two scriptures. Two. This one wasn't even in my notes, but this one here gives you a full understanding about why. The Bible is essential, from Genesis to Revelation. It it te- it was written to teach us. Okay, it's showing us how God wants us to live. Okay, now no, we don't do what's under the law anymore. We don't. We're under grace now, and under grace, we have been given the right and privilege to God without having to do the sacrificing. That the priests had to do, and the children of Israel had to do, and in that time, we don't have to worry about that no more. Jesus became our sacrifice. Jesus gave us, as I said, that full access, all access, backstage pass. Okay, it's like having—if you have—if you're, if you're a football football watcher, it's like having the Sunday ticket. You got all access to the NFL. You can watch as much NFL as you want until your eyes bleed. That's the same thing we have in Christ. We have been given an all-access pass into God's presence and to know who he is. So if you don't know who he is for yourself, it's because you don't know what you have. You don't know that you have this ability. You you want someone to come grab you by the hand and tell you who God is. I'm going to tell you right now, if you wait for that, like anything else in life, if you don't go seek, for example, how to better yourself, how to Get a college education, how to get a career or become an entrepreneur or how to um, clean your credit up, how to get out of debt. If you don't seek it for yourself and you wait for someone to come tell you how to do it, how will you ever do it? You won't because you want someone to do it for you. Well, God's done all he's going to do. I'm going to tell you, he's given you his spirit. He's given you his son. He's given you salvation. He's given you his word. You have to go get it now. So let's continue. Let's go all the way over to the book of Genesis. We're going to start in the beginning with this and work our way back towards more powerful revelation. And I want to start in Genesis chapter one, Genesis chapter one, and we're going to read verses one through four and then 26 through 28 in the first chapter of Genesis here. And I'm going to get through these scriptures before my time runs out. I'm trying to go for about 45 minutes. So let's see, we're at 31. Let's continue on. If you're in Genesis, uh, the word of the Lord says, In the beginning, God. Who? God. In the beginning, God. And that God there is Yahweh. Yahweh. That is Yahweh. God Almighty. That is who Yahweh is. He is the Almighty God. He's the only living God. Okay. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God, capital S, the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So, yes, let's get this practically. God is a spirit, spirit. The Bible calls Satan the prince of the power of the air. Okay, But God is a spirit. So Satan being the prince of the power of the air and air is what you feel go back and forth. Well, think of God in this way. His spirit hovered over. Listen to it. Hovered over the waters. How vast are the waters, folks? How vast is the water on the earth? He hovered over the waters. Plural that means he hovered over this massive amount of water that covers this entire earth. That's how he's omnipresent. That's how he can be everywhere at once. Let's continue. And God said, He did what? He spoke. He spoke. This spirit is hovering over some water, over a massive body of water, or water is plural, Spoke and said, let there be light, and there was light. So it wasn't, he spoke it, and then sat back. He spoke it, and it immediately happened. Verse four, God saw the light, saw that the light was good, and he separated light from darkness. So he said, let there be light, And it immediately happened. Let's go to verse 26. Same chapter, verse 26. Then God said, so God is still saying some stuff. I just got us through all of what God said to this part. God's still saying some stuff. And if you read after verse 4 on to this verse that I'm about to read now, you will see he did. The, it was the same thing. He said, and then something happened. And it wasn't, it didn't wait. It was an immediate happening. He said it, it happened. He said it, it happened. And that's the same. Well, you know what? I don't want to get ahead of myself. Then God said, let us make mankind. Again, I'm reading from the New International Version. So it might be some difference according to whatever version you're reading. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. So let us make mankind in our image. So do you realize that you're a spirit? Yes, the body is your home temporarily. Okay. But you are the real you as a spirit. If you're made in the image of something, you are a reflection of it. It's just like an assembly line. God said, let us make man in our image. So. He assembled us after him. You'll see that in a minute. And then said, and in our likeness. So God is holy, called us to be holy. God is good, called us to be good. So we're made in his image and in likeness and who he is in his personality and who he is in his perspective and who he is in. In how he is and what he does. See, there is no separation. Image and likeness. So the manifestation is the image, the likeness is the expression, how it's expressed. Think of it on those on on that front. And then he says, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, over the livestock. And the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So you have dominion over all the creatures of the earth. From bugs to bears. You have dominion. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female he created them. Then he did something else. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Just in this right here, if you haven't understand that this is your truth and this is God who gave this to you, no man's giving this to you. Now, I know as people, we take it, though. We, we impose it on other people, but it's not for the impo- imposition on people, as you can see. This spirit being gave us, created us to be spirit beings then made us be like him and then turned around and gave us this authority over animals and over creatures and things that crawl didn't give us authority over man that's where we go wrong that's why there's so much resistance because man wants to control man God didn't call man to control man God didn't create man to control man God created us to coexist with each other to be here with one another to have relationship with one another because it is an extension of our relationship with with him, I'm getting ahead of myself and other teachings that will come. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2. So just the next book over. And we're going to start at verse number 7. Verse number 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. So, 26 of chapter 1 shows us and tells us he created a man in his image and according to his likeness. Chapter 2 is telling us how he did it. He took him from the he took dirt, created a body, created a home for the life, the breath, the spirit that he spoke in the beginning of chapter 1, now into a man. So it tells you everything he speaks is life. Everything he says is comes to pass. Wow. I'm getting fired up, y'all. I'm sorry. Let's go to verse 16 of chapter 2. and I'm going to try to get through this rapidly, so stay with me. This This is recorded, so you can go back and listen to it as much as you want. Okay? But if we don't get to it, please, by all means, do the study for yourself. That is the purpose of this podcast. I want... God wants you to study for yourself. God wants you to know. 2 Timothy 2, 15 says, study to show yourself approved to God. Didn't say nothing about no man. It said to God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Do you see? You are to be approved to him as someone who divides this and you don't have to be ashamed of it because it is who you are. It is how you're to live it is who, what, you, what governs your life. Why would you be ashamed of that? None of us are ashamed that we have to live by certain laws in this land that govern our life. For example, how we will eat, how we will where we will live in a dwelling, in a domicile. We got to go to work so we can get some money to pay some rent or or a mortgage, right? Or so we can buy food. Things like that. We're not ashamed of that. A lot of us probably don't want to work, but we have. But but it is something that this world calls us to do in order to move forward in being a good citizen in this earth. Now, verse 16, chapter 2. And the Lord God commanded the man... You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now let's get some 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 clarification on this. Let's get some understanding about this. So God created the Garden of Eden. I'm sure you guys all know about the Garden of Eden. Okay put Adam in it that's who we're dealing with here's Adam that's who God created and then gave him the authority to tend this garden and to eat of everything in it. he gave him all access to everything that he planted in the garden but restricted him from one tree one tree the knowledge of good and evil something that God felt was unnecessary for us to know that we didn't need to know nothing about that. Stay with me, folks, because I'm telling you, this is going to bless your life. God knew we had, didn't need no knowledge of good and evil. All we need to do was listen and obey him and we would be just fine. However, we're going to get to what happened. Let's continue. Verse 18. Now when he, well, no, sorry. When he said you shall surely die, what he was talking about is you have now opened the door to death. And death first being separation from him because he's the life giver. He's the one who gave Adam life. So when you disobey, you separate yourself from the life source That was once that that was given to you and now you're subject to death itself and where death will take you and the fact that now you have a expiration date whereas back then in this time there was no expiration date. There was no time limit on how long a person was to live. This is why from these two Adam and Eve God wanted them to multiply replenish the earth subdue it. This was why. Let's continue. Verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So first time we see God say something wasn't good, and that was that man shouldn't be alone. Now, man wasn't alone. He just didn't have a species equal to himself. At the time, Adam had the animals and named them all. But that wasn't an equal to Adam. That wasn't some, those weren't beings that could fulfill Adam in in, in any specific or special way or particular way. And Adam couldn't reproduce from them as well. So this is where woman comes into play. And he says, I will make a helper suitable for him. So he's going to give you somebody specific for you, man. Amazing, Isn't it? I mean, this is just an unbelievable understanding. It's believable for me. But I mean, it's just, wow. God knew we needed a partner. He knew we couldn't handle this thing on our own. He knew we would probably get into some serious trouble. I'm going to go a little bit over my 45 on this first one. But he, he, he knew we would be in a little trouble if we didn't have a helper. He knew. Let's continue. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals. See? See this see where we're going? See, God needed them to have a helper. And God formed all the animals, birds in the sky, brought them to the man to see what he would name them, and whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky and the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So I'm sorry, I was a little bit ahead of myself, but that's okay. A little bit ahead of the scripture here. Verse 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man, the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called a woman for she was taken out of man. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Why is this important to truth? Because this was how God originally called for man and woman to be totally transparent to one another and more importantly, transparent to him because he is transparent to us. He gave Adam everything he could ever need in, in this earth to live and survive and never die. As long as Adam would understand he is his source for truth and his source for all things. But let's see what the ambition of man does to, ruin that let's continue on chapter 3 now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made he said to the woman did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden now I get to this point because this is what I was asking earlier and the only name you didn't hear me mention was this one right here Satan but Does Satan disguise himself as a source of truth? And listen to how I just asked that question. Does he disguise himself as a source of truth? Oh, yes, he does. He just did it right here with the woman. And he did it strategically. He went to the woman. He didn't go to Adam. Because remember, the command was given to Adam. Don't touch that tree. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say. So she knew. She knew. Why? Because Adam had to tell her. She didn't just osmotically figure that out. She knew because Adam had to tell her. You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. So she knew every bit of what God said to him. Let's continue. The serpent, then you will not certainly die. The serpent said to the woman, for God knows how in the world. See, and then see, here we go. Source of the source of our truth. Who are you going to believe? Someone else who's going to tell you what God said out of his mouth and what God was thinking when he said something. Or are you going to find it out for yourself and know it for yourself? So when someone like Satan comes along or someone used to him comes along challenging and questioning it, you can point right to your knowledge and understanding through relationship with him, who he is, what he actually said. Then you can just truly just walk away because let me tell you something. God and his word are the source of our truth. His word speaks for itself, and it needs no help from anyone or anything else, including ourselves. Meaning, even though God calls some of us to teach and speak the gospel and teach the truth of his word to his people, he don't need my help. He don't need the, 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 the pastor and all these people's help. Meaning, when I say need, meaning it's It's dire. The Bible says again Ephesians 4 he gave some Jesus gave some that means these men in the pulpit these people in the pulpit they are gifts to the body and for the purpose of equipping the saints equipping the saints for the work of the ministry and edifying the body that is what he did he does not need them in order to defend the Bible The Bible is defensible all by itself. It stands alone because it is a historical writing. It is a full account of eyewitnesses that witnessed these events from Genesis to Revelation. That is why we believe what we believe. This book, everything in this book happened. It happened. It is historical. So historically, we see, as we know right here, back in the text, the fall of man. So we have an interaction with the woman and the serpent. He questions God and God's authority and God's word. Okay. Now you would say, well, how can he do that? How would he know? Well, you do know Satan is a fallen angel. Satan was in heaven with God. He was the worship angel. He led the angels in worship. He was the, 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 the head musician, if you will. And when he tried to perform a coup, God immediately had him and every angel who heard that which Satan was speaking thrown out of heaven. Why do you think there's demonic activity in the earth? Where do you think it comes from? There are fallen angels in the earth. There are spirits and demons that are here. And they need a body the same way God needs a body. Let's continue. So in this, Satan created doubt, which is what most of us allow to happen to us when we don't know what the Bible says and don't know who God is. He creates discouragement. See, he he tells us the opposite of what God said. So it makes us feel like we're not called or we're not supposed to do that. He creates a diversion. Okay. And so then he defeats us and then he delays us from getting to where we're supposed to get. Now. Now. Let's continue on so I can get to the main scripture I want to get to is in 1 John and then, uh, then I'll be done. Thank you all for tuning in once again. <clears throat> you will not certainly die the serpent said to the woman for God knows that when you eat fr- eat from it your eyes will be open and you will be like God. So see there's your diversion. Knowing God and evil. Okay. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good. Whoa. Whoa 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 look at what happened he created a diversion and she bought it see how many of you allow for someone to divert your full attention from the living God and from his truth to take on their truth that has no substance that has no foundation that will get you nowhere but defeat and delay Let's continue. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye. Ah, that's why most of us don't know the source of our truth. Because we let what we see take over his truth. That becomes pleasing to us and desirable. See, this was where she went wrong. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her. Whoa, wait a minute. Hear this conversation. Hear this conversation. Right? Hear this conversation. It's supposed to be between her and him, the serpent. And, but he's there. Adam's right there. And he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. Now, remember, they were they, they, that wasn't a problem before. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the lord god among the trees of the garden but the lord god called to them where are you see once you once you allow for for your truth to be changed man it's a bad thing cuz now you 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 see what happens you hide yourself from god because you don't you don't believe anymore it's been taken away from you Last scripture and then we can close. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Woo-wee, this has been beautiful. 1 John chapter 1. That's not the gospel of John. 1 John is going to be just before uh, the book of Jude and Revelation. Right after the book of 1 Peter. 1 John. That which, verse 1. That which... to you what we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. So from the beginning, you've seen it. It was a, it came, it came and appeared to us as John chapter one, the gospel of John chapter one says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And actually, I went to First John, but I apologize. I didn't mean to go to the Gospel of John. So my apologies. Let's go there quickly. The Gospel of John, which is before Acts and after Luke. And we're going to read from there. Okay, I'm going to read it. You guys can go back and catch it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The He is associated with the Word. Through him, all things were made, and without him, nothing was made that has been made. Verse 14, the crucial verse, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And he closed the book. Folks, I submit to you before I have, I have a minute and a half to go. Uh, the source of our truth is Jesus Christ. And we find it in the word of God, the Holy Bible. So if you still are struggling after today, I'll be in prayer for you. But I pray that you have no struggle no more. Seek him and trust me, you will find him. Seek him for yourself. Know him for yourself. That is my encouragement to you. We will have part two next week. Uh, I want to thank you guys again for tuning in and for hearing this. Again, I pray it has blessed your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this word. I pray that it has blessed every single listener. I thank you, Father God, that they will be, that they're taught, they're sharper than they ever were. Let them go in peace. Let them receive more. Let them seek you more. Bless their week, bless their home, their lives, and their families. Cover them as they go to and fro. And we thank you, Father God, for this today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, this is Stephen Newton. May you have a blessed and prosperous day. Stay blessed. Till next time.